understand um, all the stuff that they were talking about, how it could actually apply to me. Um, but I really started to notice a change in my life. Um, and I noticed God really beginning to work in my life. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read a passage to you guys from the book of Colossians real quick. Um, I'm going to start girls and guys and sports and homework and tests and all that kind of stuff. Everyone here gets you. Everyone here understands where you've been. They understand the daunting task of the things that are coming up. And then there's people in here who have been through that. There's people in here who have just gone through those things that you're going through who really understand what's changed from the rest of us about what's going on in teen life. And they can give you hints and tips and advice on how to face the challenges coming away. And then there's people here who won't be named who've been around this, that we are to treat each other with compassion, okay? We're to treat each other with kindness and humility. And I feel like this, this list of things that he gives in Colossians chapter three, it kind of like progresses, right? So first we're supposed to be compassionate with each other. And what that literally means is we're supposed to feel with each other. If you, feel, if you see someone who's really hurting, that should hurt you, especially if they're in this church of ours, right? If you see someone who's rejoicing, you should rejoice with them, okay? And then what comes out of that is kindness. When you feel the same as someone else, you're, you're naturally inclined to treat them kindly as you would want to be treated. From that, we get to humility. And humility is a hard one for all of us because we're all proud and we're all stuck up and we're like, yeah, I'm better than you. But really, we're not. Let's just be honest. No one's better than anyone else. And we need to recognize that. And we treat each other. Um, how many of you guys know who C.S. Lewis is? C.S. Lewis. I guess I should enunciate. I love C.S. Lewis. He's awesome. I'm a philosophy major at school, so it's just like, ah. But um, he has this really good quote about friendship. And he says, friendship is always feeling like you're among your betters. So when you guys think of your friends, when you guys think of this group, you should feel like you're among your betters. It should feel like everyone in this room has a lot that they can offer you, and you should feel honored to be here. Humility isn't just necessarily how you treat people. It's how you should feel about them, right? That's at least what I was told. And then after that comes meekness. And meekness is kind of an interesting word that you really don't hear a lot anymore. People who are meek are people who listen first and then speak. They're people who don't need to voice their opinion. They're people who are willing to hear about your problems and your troubles to just hear you out. Sometimes that's all people need. They don't really need advice. They really don't need someone to come in and fix everything. They just need to vent, right? How many of you guys like to vent or need to vent every once in a while? I know I do. I've got a couple guys on like speed dial on my phone who I'm like, okay, we need coffee. And we just go out and pff, I feel sorry for them afterwards. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It's just bad. But out of that, when you practice listening to people and hearing them out, you really get patience. And that was the last one of his initial list, that we are to be patient with one another. And patience is more than just listening. Patience is more than just waiting your turn. Patience is when you genuinely put what other people want above what you want. It's when... It's more than being slow to act. It's being willing to let others take your place. It's being willing to be, self to be selfless and others serving, to let others, I'm trying to find a good way to put it. Um, what was that? 
Prospering is a good one. Um, well, what do you guys think patience is? Why don't you guys tell me real quick? Patience, what does that mean to you guys? Little siblings. Okay, so a lot of you guys. I have a little brother. He's a couple years younger than me. And growing up, I'm, I'm not too old to not be able to remember how annoying they can be, right? It's like, oh, man. <laughs> but I think that, that paints a really good picture of patience in my mind as little brothers or little sisters. And when you just, you can't stand them anymore when they've stepped on all your toes and pushed all your buttons and they've done just about everything you can't stand and then you still can't get away with them because you live with them, right? Patience in that situation, that just paints it for me. It's when you can still love them anyway, when they're still your brother, when they're still your sister, and when you don't blow up at them and when you can just get through the day, right? When you can still love them even though every feeling in your body says otherwise, right? Those are the two in the initial list that Paul says, um, that as God's chosen ones, we're called to put on. He goes on to say, I'm going to reread it, part of the passage here, um, that we are to forgive one another as the Lord has forgiven us, so you must also forgive. Um, forgiveness, I actually did a study on forgiveness a couple years back, and it's a really interesting word in the ancient world. It was actually a legal term originally, and forgiveness is when something that's between two people ceases to exist. So if I owe Dylan like 100 bucks and he forgave me of that, it's as if the debt doesn't exist, never existed, doesn't come up ever again. It's also a construction term, which I thought was weird. But if you forgive a wall, you tear it down. It's no longer there. It no longer is between what's on one side and what was on the other side. It's now just one. It restores the relationship. And they use that analogy in everything that they talk about, this forgiveness. Um, and so this idea that, that God forgives us our transgressions, we all are familiar with that, right? For God so loved the world, he gave an only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish and have eternal life. That's not the one I was going to say, but it's also a good one. Something about forgiving sins in there, right? Anyway, um, this idea that when God forgave us our sins, it ceases to exist. It's out of existence. He doesn't hold that against us anymore, right? It's as if we're made brand new. We've heard that a million times. But that's really hard to do for us, right? That's really hard to do. Even when we forgive people, um, you mean, you hear the expression all the time, I've forgiven you, but I just haven't forgotten it yet, right? Or I've forgiven you, but I'm just not over it yet. Um, forgiveness should eventually, your ability to forgive should eventually reach a point where when you forgive someone, it's as if whatever they did against you doesn't matter. They are still the person that they always were, right? Um, at youth group, the way that this was explained to me that sunk home and changed my life forever. Um, we were at a winter camp, actually, and the speaker said, God who is almighty, he's always been, always has been, and always will be, is more powerful than you could possibly imagine. He created everything that you will ever come across, everyone that you will ever know, and it didn't even phase him. He just spoke, and it was. Right? That's a lot of power. He forgave you of every bad thing that you've ever done, every horrible thing, every sin, every transgression, everything wrong. Who are you to not forgive yourself? Who are you to not forgive everyone else around you, right? 
And that really just hit me because this God who is perfect and who every sin of mine kills, literally, he died for every single sin of mine, forgave me of that. And who are we to not forgive others, right? And all of this is wrapped up in this last virtue that he gives us. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. How many of you guys are thankful for this place, for the people in this room? It's good. I'm thankful for you guys too. And it's because this is our church. This is where we come to love on one another, and we don't even have to come here. The youth group isn't this place. It isn't Wednesday night. It isn't Sunday mornings. The youth group is the people in this room. And we are the body of Christ. Now, we might be like the hand, and Valley Shepherd might be like an arm, but you have a lot more in common with the other parts of the hand than you do with the other parts of the arm, right? And the love that we should have towards each other is the same love that God showed us through Christ. And it's the love that makes us live together in harmony. Now, I know that there are people in this room who bug you, okay? That's the way it is with every family. It's the way it is with any group of people. There are people you just don't get along with, and that's okay. They're, they're just naturally dispositions or characters that clash, right? Among personalities and stuff like that. But you can still love on each other if you can't get along with each other. There are plenty of ways of doing that, right? What are some ways that you can love someone that you don't get along with? Yeah. Yeah. Just asking someone if they're all right can go a long way. Mm -hmm. Practicing complimenting is one of the hardest things you could do, especially to someone you don't like. Right? a good one. I like that one. A lot of people feel like, especially at your age, that their time right now doesn't matter, right? It's like, oh, I'm just in middle school, or oh, I'm just in high school. Like, I'll worry about that when I get to college, or when I graduate college and I get a job, or when I get married and I start having kids, when my life really starts to matter, right? What you don't realize is that your life really matters right now. The decisions that you make right now form who you are. The decisions that guy makes... I'm still dealing with, okay, a lot of them. I came to youth group to grow and to change, and the people who came alongside me were the body of Christ that allowed me to do that. But when I left youth group, I wasn't a miraculously done growing, right? I'm not perfect. I'm still dealing with a lot of the things he decided to do. I'm still dealing with a lot of things I'm deciding to do. And your ability to come together as the body now is infinitely important for the rest of your life because first of all you have this base of people here who love you and who you can always fall back on whether it's the people you're sitting next to whether it's the leaders around the edge whether it's people younger or older than you it really doesn't matter they are here for you and second of all your ability to be a working member of the body of Christ will forever play into your ability to be a part of the church um, when I came off to college. I'm from 
the top northwest corner of the continental 48 states. I'm 20 minutes from the ocean and 20 minutes from the Canadian border. So sometimes I have a Canadian accent and it embarrasses me, but hey. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't even remember what I was saying. What was I talking about? Well, before that. Um, oh, when I came off to college, that's what I was saying. Um, I didn't know anybody at all. I didn't have my church. I had a phone so I could call my folks, but that's not cool, right? You're in college. Who calls their parents? <laughs> Let's be serious. <laughs> I saw that in. Um, no, you should call your parents when you're in college, just not as often as they want you to. <laughs> um, anyway, you don't know anyone, and it's really daunting. Um, and your ability to come together with other Christians around the world, wherever you are, is going to be a huge, 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 huge aspect of your life. Um, within a month, I had a handful of super close guy friends at this college who I could share anything about my life with, and I still do. Um, nowadays, I mean, things get busy, people start dwindling off, and I get that, but nowadays I have three friends, Emily, Joey, and Weeby are all their names, who I can... Weeby, yeah, isn't that a cool name? I love it. His real name's Aaron, but that's just boring. His last name's Weeby, and so we're like, yeah, you're Weeby. Um, but I can tell them anything. I can talk to them about anything that's going on in my life, and I have people older than me, too, mentors who I can talk to. But the importance of having people in your life who are going through the same things, who you can just fellowship with and talk things through with, and who really, really understand everything that you're going through is of infinite importance and will change your life forever. Um, I, I'm not that guy anymore. That guy is, wow. <laughs> that guy, I was that guy. Um, that guy lived in sin. That guy lived dead in his trespasses. And God made me alive together with everyone who was around me. They came alongside me. They brought me into the body of Christ, and they helped me. That's what this youth group is supposed to be. You were supposed to be the church. And that's really all I was trying to say tonight, I think. But the church has three components, I think, to it if you think of the youth group as your church. And that is that we are all called to do three things within all of these different spectrums of things that I've talked about so far. And the first one is that you're supposed to let people reach out to you, okay? You can't do this Christian thing alone. It's impossible. There have been people who tried. I've tried at times in my life, and it just doesn't work, okay? The people in this room love you, and they care about you. And as a follower of Christ and as a member of this body, it's our job to let people help us, okay? When you help people, it's a blessing, right? You feel good when you help someone, right? Does anyone else feel good or is that just like me? Okay. When you let people help you, you're really blessing them because they feel good afterward. Have you ever thought about it that way? It's true. That's what the Amish do. That's what they call it. I don't remember what the word is. They, they speak German, fun fact. So they call it like, I think. But it's just fun. I'm studying Amish right now too, by the way. Um, the second thing is we need to be reaching out to each other. Okay, As the body of Christ, you should have one person 
that you really let speak into your life. And you should have three people whose lives you're always speaking into, who you're always helping, who you're always checking up on, even if it's just a text, like, how's your day going? Right? This week, I had three different guys call me from high school, text me from high school, who were like, hey, I've got this going on in my life. I don't know what to do. Can we just talk? And so I've been talking to them since then. That will never change. Okay? You need to have people like that in your life if you are to be a Christian. That is what Christ has called us to. Yeah. This is very true. Going back to C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis said you should give of yourself till it hurts for anyone God brings your way, and you should give of yourself until you break for the people who stick around. I like that quote. The last thing we need to do as a church, and it's a particularly effective setting here at youth group, is that we're supposed to bring other people in. I would still be dead. I might literally be dead if it weren't for the people in my life who went to youth group. If it weren't for the people in my life who were willing to listen to the call of God and even just text me, hey, how you doing? I remember the thing that really impacted me to start coming was one of the girls who I know in the youth group passed me in hall one day during class and she just told me, hey, I'm praying for you. That was it. But that speaks tons into the world today. How many times do you hear that in school from friends? Hey, I'm praying for you. Never. I still don't hear that, and I go to a Christian school. There's something wrong with that. We are supposed to let people reach into our lives, reach out to the other people here, and reach out into the world. Okay? That's what it means to be the church, and that's what this youth group is supposed to be. All right? I think that's all I wanted to say. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. And then you'll be dismissed. Um, when you head out, if you haven't already done so, make sure you fill out all the sheets in the back if you're going to any of the, the all-nighters or the girls' night or I don't know what else is out there. We have so much stuff. Winter Jam, yeah, that's this week? Next week. Next week. Scratch this week. Next week. What was that? Oh, also, backpacks are still going. Is, are we doing that this Thursday? Tomorrow. All right. The backpack program still going Tomorrow. Um, I don't know where that's at. Is that the food bank? or there's Teresa knows more about it. Talk to Teresa. Um, if you didn't get your information on one of the clipboards, or also Dylan, apparently, for the backpack program, Dylan, the backpack master, um, make sure you fill out your information on the clipboards and your parents' information, and that way we can make sure you're involved in this family. Winter retreat, that's another thing. All right. Let's go ahead and pray, and then you guys are dismissed. All right. Adonai, we humbly come before you today in recognition that we are your body. And that is a daunting task. To be, to be your influence in this world to each other and to a fallen world is scary. Lord, I ask that you would help us to remember to rely on you in all that we do and to rely on each other through all the hard times, Lord. You've given us each other for a reason. Lord, I thank you for this time where we can just come together and meet in your name and have fun and get away from the world for a little bit and learn more about you and fellowship and grow. And God, you are good. You have blessed us so much and we are so thankful. Lord, as we go from this place, I pray that you would continue to make your presence known to us.
pray that we would be conscious of you in every situation and that we would be willing to reach out in your name and let others reach us in your name. Lord, we are a family. We are your body. And as such, we aim to worship you in all that we do. We praise you. And in your name we pray. Amen.